This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus podcast with me, your host, John Graham. Once again, many thanks for taking the time to view or listen to this content uh, from wherever you download it or view it from. And please, as ever, um, leave your comments, good, bad or indifferent. Uh, Lots to talk about over the last week or two uh, with the games that we've played. which we will you know, obviously debate over over the coming sort of hour or so uh, and maybe look forward to future fixtures because uh, um, as ever, when we, saw, when we thought it was going to be a bit predictable, it, it isn't. So uh, that joy continues. But anyway, um, Tom, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I, I, I think I'm, I'm still in a bit, I think, in a world of uh, just probably coming back to what blues has always been for me, which is a bit of a pisser because I thought I thought that was all over, but apparently not. <laughs> um, and Carl, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, same uh, same as you, I think. To be honest with you, it's uh, like you say, just when you think you're kind of over it, they come out and just take your legs from underneath you, don't they? Yeah, it, it's an absolute joy. So um, let's get involved. So I think first and foremost, we'll, we'll talk about the Peterborough game. I think there's probably a lot to cover off in that. Um, but before then, we were obviously treated to, um, you know, Fulham at home. Um, just an odd game. I was saying to Cole before we came on, I walked away from from the ground with the same feeling when we lost to, to Leeds 5-4. Um, you know, it was defeat, but it just felt like we'd really put a shift in against a good side. And there was there were, I mean, I hate to say, because I was taking the mick out of... Uh, uh, the Warsaw manager at Villa um, when he was moaning about, you know, Villa had played really well against, uh, I think it was Chelsea and they got, they got good three nil and they can take the positives out of it, which obviously that was, that was fantastic, but actually put ourselves in the same position against Fulham. So uh, calm as a bitch and all that. So um, Carl, what, what just on the, the Fulham game, what, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I feel probably going to say what I think most Blues fans felt. We could have won that game six four on another day, comfortably, you know. And I was, <laughs> I was sat chatting with the, the guys around me in the the Gilmerick Low, and was sort of saying, "We win this five four when we got the when Troy got the penalty because we absolutely could have, you know. There's no yeah. reason, you know. We, we hit the post with the bar, we had it cleared off the line. Gazaniga had a freaking worldy of a game, um, and it just it was one of those games that 
it was similar to Bournemouth. You couldn't quite believe we'd lost it, but even though the scoreline would suggest we'd lost it fairly comfortably, and obviously at one point we were 4-0 down when you had, but it was just, you didn't walk away from that feeling like you'd been battered for one by a team that in all probability are going to get promoted. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you think, again, similar to Sheffield United, one of their players costs more than our squad on his own. You know, that quality is always going to come through, isn't it? But I think that we we went toe-to-toe for, even the, I'd even say the 90 minutes, there were times, obviously, defensively, we were very poor. Um, yeah. But but I'm sure we'll, we'll cover that off a bit more with the what happened at the weekend. But, you know, I, there was no signs there for me that we weren't up to that level, despite the scoreline saying otherwise. You know, and I left fairly content. And I, and I think you mentioned as well about the whole Leeds game, like you say, it's, you felt disappointed that we hadn't actually got something out of that game because we probably deserved it. I think we had the same or more chances. We had equal possession, more corners. Yeah. You know, they just took the same old story. They took their chances and we didn't. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, and I think the um, the feeling from last season when we were losing games 1 0 and Karanka was giving it, you know, we were the better side when it was just obviously obvious that we yeah. weren't. Anybody, you know, Blues fan or not, that we were always second best, <clears throat> but lose by the odd goal. And I dare say, if we'd have set up exactly the same against Fulham this time around, it probably might have been one or two, but it would have been just damage limitation. So, you know, you never like conceding four. And again, there was just, just some, just, Silly mistakes, really, but you get you know it's the it's the old adage that when you're playing against quality, you will get punished. So, Tom, what what did you, what did you think about the game? Sort of similar thoughts? Yeah, definitely echo those thoughts. Um, I think the the best, probably the the thing that's come from it the most, I'd say, is we were all brought back down to earth, um, especially in the game we're going to talk about after this. Um, but, you know, it's, it's classic blues. You go into it after a good start to the season that we always seem to have. And um, you, you fancy us, you know, even Bo, you said he, before the game, you know, he fancied us uh, in this game. Fulham, they've been on and off, but they are one of the best teams in the division. Obviously, they just lost to Blackpool at the time. Um, quite an embarrassing defeat for them. Um, and I think we can certainly relate on that front at the moment. And um, yeah, obviously they've lost again since playing us as well. So it's not like it's impossible to beat Fulham. But on the day, similar to the Bournemouth game, they were just more clinical. They had more firepower that we don't have, um, despite us creating a lot of chances. And that's all you can really nail it down to at the end of the day. But it wasn't a bad performance by any stretch of the imagination. No, and, and to, to just to echo before we move on Carl's point, their keeper was just ridiculous. I mean, it got to the point. Um, I, I was uh, I was lucky enough. I was sat in the the cop, um, it, yeah, by the by the halfway line where you, you get a bit of corporate and that. And um, the guy that I think it's Deanie's agent. He was he was the guy that's on the photos with J.K. and Deanie and whatever. He was there with his missus and I think a couple of um, maybe Deanie's family. And every time the keeper saved it, because Deanie could have had four. It's just, and and he made a save against Hogan in the first half that was offside, but just an unbelievable save. He's done exactly the same again to in the second half, similar sort of save, you know, low down to his right. And just like, 
I mean, Bowie, Bowie said after the game, you know, we, it's one of those where you could have played for three days and we were just never going to score. But I actually don't think our finishing was that bad. You know, there was there was a lot on target. It was just, he was absolutely exceptional. And it says a lot, you know, when you lose 4-1 and their keeper's probably man of the match, then, um, yeah, that probably tells a story. And again, Carl, you're right, the stats. The stats, you know, if you were just looking at that without the score, you'd say it's probably a draw or Blues, blues nick it, or, you know, the, the side with the more chances nick it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think moving on from that, did it? Do I think it exposed us going into the game <clears throat> against Peterborough? I think we needed to freshen it up, and I think probably we we all felt that there would be a couple of changes. Um, did did I, I? And I just get the feeling that me personally, I'm all over three nil. You know, we're going to absolutely obliterate and then keep the clean sheet in nine, and. Um, I'm settling down to watch it at home with the kids. And uh, I've just nipped in the kitchen. And by the time I've come back, we're 1-0 down. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And it, it just sort of sets the tone. But before before we get into it, um, Tom, just just on the, I guess, the lineup, were, were you, was that what you were thinking? Were you expecting a change of system because we'd, we'd shipped a few? What, what, what were your thoughts when you saw the team? I expected the same system and uh, the same shape because at the end of the day, you know, we didn't necessarily play badly. It's worked for us so far this season. We just had one off game. So you think, you know, don't break what's already working. Yeah. So we go into the game. I, I did expect a couple of changes, like personnel wise. Um, I was, See, there's two ways you can look at it. Hogan's our top scorer or Hogan had a really, really bad game against Fulham. So I wasn't massively surprised. Um, however, like we said, we all like that sort of shithouse front two of Deeney and Duke, but it clearly showed the lack of mobility um, <clears throat> until Anike came on in the second half where we actually did something. Um, so, yeah, no, I... I Sort of expected some changes. Some just didn't have the best game, but I thought it was harsh to drop him. And then, you know, putting Gardner in the squad, that went well. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, it, there was no positives really to take from this game at all as, we, uh, as we're about to digest into it. But no, I wasn't extremely surprised by the lineup, and I was still fairly optimistic. I think Peterborough fans thought we were going to beat them. We thought we were going to beat them. Any anybody outside or just a football fan in general would have looked that looked at that fixture and thought, oh yeah, Blues will win that. No, no, in classic Blues fashion, we don't win that because this is the sort of defeat that seems to spiral our early season every year. Um, and I just hope, I just hope for the love of God, it's not the same old season where we lose to some bang average relegation fodder and we go on this awful run for the rest of the season then save ourselves with, like, eight games to go. That's all, that's all I ask. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to... Uh, well, no, just say as I see it. <clears throat> I, I don't see that, to be honest. Um, but one thing's for sure... Um, and before I, I'd sort of chip in with, with, with my thoughts on, on the team selection, Cole... But, Obviously, we we played a couple of games, and I know they put a lot into the Fulham game. 
were you of the opinion that we could maybe go one more time uh, with a, knowing there's a week break? Yeah, I genuinely thought we did. I mean, I know that, you know, we, we're seven, eight games into the new season. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not like they've played 40 at this point. Um, and all the signs were there that, again, we weren't going to have some kind of <laughs> early season collapse, you know, against a team who utterly played us off the park. Utterly, utterly just made us look idiots, you know, and, and, yeah. and made a mockery of our system. Um, I, I, like Tom, I wasn't surprised there were changes. Um, I think uh, even, I think uh, the male um, sort of predicted that there would be those couple of changes. I was surprised that Sunjic was getting dropped purely because I think him and Woods work really well together. You know, one anchors, the other goes, and that's the way it's been for the last few games. And I think whilst I love Gardner, I think that it's a different type of player. Do you know what I mean? He brings a high energy, but it's a different type of energy to it. Um, But yeah, I I absolutely didn't think that, what, 38, 40 seconds into that game, it was going to, going to collapse the way it did you know and I mean again alluding to Tom I don't think anyone expected us to lose and even out on the way outside the to the away end um I walked past there's a couple of Peterborough fans talking to a copper and a copper was like oh desperately need a win don't they and the guy was like yeah we're not going to get it today though yeah and and yeah and it just it's one of the I think I'm going to just talk it up to a blip hopefully but time will tell ultimately it's blues you just do not know sometimes what you're going to get do you, yeah. ultimately no. um but yeah I, I thought to be perfectly honest i knew it'd be a tough game because they held the baggies until like the 93rd minute but i wasn't expecting that yeah and i mean <clears throat> I, i've said well i've said that ever since he's he's gone to that 352 it's it's my preferred um system i really like it i think that bella has been, you know, up to probably the Fulham game, an absolute revelation. Um, but if you're not an actual wing back and you're putting in the yards in that, you, that he certainly has done. And again, it's not not really been like sort of clever after the event. I've always liked McGree, love him, and uh, I think that he could have um, he could have come in on that left hand side and given Bella a bit of a rest just because of the yards he's put in. It's not because I don't rate Bella, I do. And, you know, uh, if he can repeat the form of the first three or four games, is he a better option in that left channel than McGree? Probably. So it, it's not uh, to say that, that I don't like Bella, I do. But it's just asking him to do so much over and over again. Um, and I felt maybe this was just maybe that one game too far. Um you know, I, I, I absolutely eat humble pie on Sunjic. I thought he was pointless, totally pointless towards the end of last season. Um, and ever since he's come in with, with Woods, and I think Woods has got a, a big, big part to play in Sunjic's upturning form. And, and I agree, Carl, I think they work really well together. You know, one goes, one sits and vice versa. I, I wouldn't have changed that up. I really wouldn't because Sunjic have played 90 games a season. And because, you know, Woods is so smart with the way he plays you know he's not box to box he's very clever with how he does it um so I don't really see him getting burnt out and Colin's the same he'll be playing three games a season so I I think the key thing for me and and, uh it it was that dilemma of Dini or Djukovic or Hogan um and I know we had a bit of a laugh on the last pod saying, you know, let's just have an EK, Juki and, and Dini. Um, 
We've actually seen that since. We have, and um, <laughs> I'll be on with you, Tom. I think we've, we've uh, lesson learned. Lesson learned for me. You can't play a high press with two guys that aren't quick. See, the thing uh, is, though, I've had, I've heard so many people say that term high press on Twitter at the moment. It wasn't even a high press. It was just a high line. There was no pressing there. No. And uh, it made no sense. <laughs> no, and, and that's it. And, and because the, I think that we've been incredibly good at that, you know, mm. that real just everybody's moving forward to the point where the defence, when, you know, when the keeper's got the ball at feet, you, you know, we've, we're on the halfway line, the midfielder, everybody's pushing on as a unit. And that's where we've got a ton of it as success. And, you know, Peterborough, I'm with you, Carl, they played us off the park, but they weren't shy at knocking around the back. And if we'd have that same level of intensity, they ain't Man City, they're not. That's why they were in the they bottom three. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> they try and play like it. So you need to use your nows. And, you know, if it's a Hogan and a McGree instead of a Djokovic and a Bella that's blowing out of his ass, may, maybe that that would be a better option. But so so for me, um, and, I, I, and again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bullshit. You know, I I I was absolutely bolt on winning. You know, even with the, with the team we put out, I thought I thought it'd be two or three. Um, so. As we, as I left the kitchen after a minute and and walked into uh, abject silence in the lounge, so what, what, what Carl? Uh, what were your just thoughts on the on the first half? How, where do you think it went wrong? Well, went wrong from the ball going out of play from the fucking kickoff. I think, to be perfectly honest, uh, um, we lost that ball from the kickoff, which we do so often. By the way, can I add, we really need a new kickoff routine, um, and from there we just never seem to recover at all. They came at us, they got in down the side. Okay, on another day, Sarkic gets the ball, hardly clears, and it doesn't end up in the back of the net. But I think that, that is effectively really where it went wrong because the moment that goal went in, their tails went up and we were shell-shocked. And I just think we just didn't recover. And yeah. we just didn't know what to do. And, and for the first time this season, I was like, they haven't got... It was like they'd never played that formation before. You know, it was like it was the first time we're just going to turn up and just give it a go because why not? You know, and there was, as Tom said, there was very little for the whole game to be, you know, uh, positive about. And that first half was probably one of the worst first halves I think I've ever seen Blues play. Uh, and that's that's ever. quite strong. Yeah, genuinely, ever. ever. Nice. Nice. You know, I mean, no. I, I, uh, I, no. the way that no. they... Yeah, I'm about 20 years younger than you there, John. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just the way they just took us apart. This is a team that had, were one of the lowest scorers in the championship and they just took it apart. Absolutely. And the worst defence in the championship as yeah. well. And they've not... That's the first clean sheet they've actually got in the championship this season, if I'm right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but they just... It, no one just seemed to have an idea what to do. You know, and it, I'm not fully convinced that it was a penalty, to be perfectly honest, from where I was stood. Um I'm I'm convinced Woods didn't touch him, but you know, to be fair, I'd say that if Woods had punched him in the face, it was soft um, though. It was yeah. really soft. Yeah. I had so many people having a pop at me on Twitter for that. I was but like, it was just, I mean, it's <laughs> it just no one just seemed to know what to do, where to go, and it just looked like, like I say, we just turned up and thought we'll play a brand new formation that no one really knows what they're doing, and I just think that Sunjic in the middle. I know we've already mentioned, it, but I think that really messed up the cohesion because Woods didn't quite know where to go, what to do. 
and they just bypassed the midfield time and time again. And once you bypass yeah. that, and that, they were just streaming forward in threes and fours, and they're always going to have the overload at that point. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I, I think that um, nobody would ever admit it. But you know, at the end of the of the game uh, on Wednesday against Fulham, never seen it in the Blues when we've you know lost by three goals, and everybody was still there, everybody was still singing, applauding the players, and. Yes, okay, you look at the stats and everything else, but there's only one stat. You fucking lost 4-1. So I just think we went into the game, probably like we all did, foregone conclusion. I, I do think there was an element of complacency in there. Well, um, alluded to it, didn't he? He said that if we play like that the weekend, we'll score five. Yeah. And it yeah, kind of shows yeah. that, you know, was really that in the that. was that the mindset? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it probably was. Um because I just don't see the. It was the flip reverse of what we did to Luton. Because I mean, we'd be literally—they didn't have a kick all game. Everything we we did sort of came off. Um, they looked completely lost. So, yeah, and it was just. And I, and I you know, I, I, Tom, I don't know whether whether you'd agree, but. I've always said that the way we set up as is three five two, the gap between the gap behind the foot the the wing backs into the channel that splits the the, the wide three. So whether it be uh, Pedersen or Roberts, and the problem is Roberts has now had two really poor games, and you know that's not to say anything other than that he's had two really poor games. No, nobody's above criticism if they've had a, a shit game. And I just think that that ball into channel that they use so often, it wasn't necessarily a lump. They played some really good stuff and got us turned. That we just then became massively exposed. And I think you're right, you know, the Sunich Woods dynamic, there was nobody sitting and there just was this golf and it was just full of pizza players all the time. And I'm like, this is just, and I, I'm, I'm not a massive advocate of 442, far from it. But there comes a point where you've got to say, we're getting overrun here everywhere. And um, or, re- or even just play one up top. Because Deeney can play one up top, no problem at all. And just get somebody else. It just do something. And I think that for me, I was amazed that we didn't make a, a swap at half time. Um, albeit he was pretty quick to do it afterwards, but I don't really see the point of that. Well, obviously, and we shipped a goal. But um yeah, I, I I think our frailties that have been there in odd parts in games were just massively exposed. And I think you've got to give you've got to give Peterborough and the, and the manager a lot of credit, a lot of credit, because that didn't just happen. They've looked at it and thought, if we're going to win, this is how we're going to win. And um, yeah, they, they they executed it no problem at all. So, Tom, just just on that, I guess I think the system's going to get a lot of. Um, they're going to have to work on it a lot this week. So, so now we've shipped seven, scored one, um, which was a penalty. Where's your head at with, with it all? I think for me, um, the best way to look at it all is breaking down the game. Very short, very simple. First goal, you know, like Carl said, the kickoff routine, it, it, it's always been shit. 
literally never not been. I don't know why we do it, but we just do. Um, and then obviously we lose the ball early. And obviously there was a lot of criticism for Bella in that game. He wasn't fantastic. But for me, he was better than the other wing back on the day, which was Colin, who uh, I've said this so many times. He's honestly on his day, he's one of the best, particularly attacking as well, one of the best fullbacks you'll find in this division. But as soon as you stick him up against someone with extreme amounts of pace, he's gone. I said this with Adam Armstrong and plenty of other players like that. Sariki Dembele literally ate Maxime Collin alive. And that's not saying Maxine Collins is a slow player. He's not. He's, you know, his pace wise is quite average, but he just seems to not fare well against those quick players. And Dembele was just having fun. He was really yeah. was just having fun. Obviously, he gets in behind, puts that low driven ball in. And Dean, I think Dean sliding in the way he does is risky anyway. Um, and that showed with the own goal um, because we could have prevented. Uh, Clark Harris from getting anywhere near the ball just by holding him off. Like we didn't yeah. need to, you know, slide in so dramatically. And then, you know, whenever Blues go one nil down so early on, it never tends to go well. Um, and it rocked our confidence because uh, sometimes we forget that this group is still a very similar group that we've had the last two or three years. And they've at least seven or eight of them are confidence players, um, which isn't great. But obviously, on their day, they will be fantastic. Um, so that was always going to be an issue. Second goal, for me, I, I said that I didn't feel like, from where I saw it, I didn't feel like it was a penalty. And now, a lot of people have said to me that they felt it was a penalty. And I, I can see where they're coming from. I do. Because in the modern game, those sort of fouls are given, unfortunately. Um but for me, I'd have said it was more 70% simulation and 30% sort of foul because he was waiting. He never actually looked like he was going to have an attempt on goal. He tries to round Sarkic. That doesn't work out. So he's waiting for Woods to touch him. The second Woods touches him, he goes down to the floor so dramatically. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> but that was the game plan. It was never to score from open play. It was always to win that penalty. Because it wasn't really, you know, an attacking player that actually won it as such. It was more of a midfielder. I'm struggling to remember his name. I feel like it was Grant, but I'm not too sure. Anyway, it, he never looked like actually trying to score a goal. He was just waiting for that penalty. And unfortunately, you'll win those in the modern game. It's it's sad, but it is the way it is. Penalty happens, not much Sarkic can do. It's a decent penalty. You look at the third goal. We come out in that second half, first three or four minutes looking really bright. We've already created at least four or five really good chances. And you're like, OK, Blues could actually come back into this. We've lobbed everybody forward. What do you know? One counter-attack, one goal. And that's it. Nail in the coffin. From there on out, it, we were always doomed. Gardner gets sent off for a silly lunge, really. But it's sort of in the nature with the Gardners. They like a good foul. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't too surprised, but funnily enough, when we went down to 10 men, we actually looked like a better side. Oh, we were. Yeah. Yeah, we exactly. Were. Bring we on were. Chucks and EK, and he was like two players in one anyway. So, uh, no, he was fantastic. But Dion Sanderson as well seemed to sort of strengthen us up at the back. But that's because he offers something that all of those other defenders don't offer, and that is pace. And it's rare you get that with centre-halves, unfortunately. Pace isn't a natural trait. Um, but Dion Sanderson it is and he showed that 
Um, so I think he's definitely merited um, a start in the next game. And that, in answer to your question, would where would be where I'd look to sort of prepare us more or toughen us up for the next game. However, you could look at Preston and their forwards are far from pacey. Um, you know, Connor Wickham and Emil Reese, they're more target men. So I don't know. It depends. We'll see. But overall, very embarrassing performance. But I do stand with Bowie's comments and what Dean says. I know a lot of people have said it seems more like an excuse. Watching that performance, everybody looked shattered. Fatigue was easy to see. And on this occasion, I am putting it down to that. Hopefully, we don't go on a bad run and we can pick up a result against Preston. Yeah, I, I think, you, you know, I, I struggle with fatigue, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I probably am sure my age there. Um, I mean, they did have an extra day of rest, Peterborough, in fairness. Well, yeah, but I, I think where we've... And it's just unbelievable, we've gone literally polar opposites. You've got, this time last season, 11, you know, literally everybody behind the ball, including the subs, to this season... It's literally everybody's gone. And yeah, three five two works best when it is a genuine that. So you've got two wing backs that are literally bombing up and down. And if one's gone, one sits to make a four, pretty basic stuff. The problem that I see at the moment, and you know, if you look at the stats, we are getting shots off, we are creating chances, you know, possession decent, but we just I think we just need to be a little bit more pragmatic at the start of games. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. Just earn the right. Let your midfielders do the work. Chong was non-existent because I don't think he knew where he was playing, even though it was the same position. I don't think he actually knew what he was doing. And we just seem to have this. We've got five and six in midfield and then two up front. And then we're expecting that. And it's happened on two occasions now, maybe three where we're two on two at the back on the halfway. We're attacking. They've got two up top and we've got Roberts and Pedersen marking two strikers. One big ball. We're in a really bad place and that's a lot of the time. Now, I'm all for taking risks, but let's do it when we're either got a really good foothold in the game, we're ahead of the game, whatever it may be. But I just think that are we, are we believing our own hype a little bit? Maybe. Have we all got a bit carried away? No doubt. But that's to be expected. I mean, for once, we're actually starting to see in football the way that we want to see it be played. Uh, we've got a manager that is, you know, heart and soul of the club and all the various cliches. So that he's always going to be a little bit, um, you know, get, get a bit of ahead of ourselves. But I, I genuinely didn't see that coming on Saturday. I, I, I didn't. Um, because I thought certainly, like I said, either change the system or change it at half time. He didn't really do either. And then when he changes it, you know, it's it's, it's pretty much over anyway. You know, it, it it's it was done. I mean, obviously Bella came off uh, half time, and and, and um, you know Sunich came on. I just I just hope it is a blip. I really do. Um, Cole, I mean, as far as that second half is concerned. And let's open the can of worms because it's probably the elephant in the room. Um, Dini, Djukovic and Hogan, what we doing? What we going to do? See, I 
we all obviously said, let's do it. Like what we said earlier, Let, let's go with Juki and Hogue, uh, and Dini, just see what happens. As Tom said, it was probably the worst experiment in the world because there's no pace and Hogan offers that. And I think whilst Dini is an incredible signing to get, we still are lacking a player similar to Hogan in that position, which obviously would have been Lecco before he went out on loan. Um, Hogan, I think I said it to, to you boys in the WhatsApp uh, chat, after the Fulham game, Hogan was limping off down the tunnel. So maybe that played into to bow your thoughts a little bit. But yeah, I, for me, Hogan has to start purely because he is our top scorer. He's got five goals this season already in the championship. That's two or three short of his total for the whole of last season. Yep. He just we just look devoid of pace, and you have to have some sort of pacey outlet going forward. And we just didn't have that. It's all good and well having people who can win headers and hold up play and bring people in, but you need people running beyond that, and you don't have that in Duke. Um Deany occasionally, but yeah, for me. It just, yeah, it just doesn't work. I think Anike did really well coming on. It really surprised me as well, by the way. And this was a complete thing when Bowie said that he's actually a, was a number 10 previously as well, Anike, which blew my mind because I didn't know that. And I was like, no way, you're having a laugh, aren't you, Bowie? Look at him. But even, <laughs> even him, like he's got a bit of pace with the power. But yeah, I, for me, Hogan has to start with one or the other or even with Anike just to, just to even up. The little and large combo, it's worked for years. Why not? It's worked up to now. Let's keep going. And then in the second half, in games where, you know, it's tight or we're struggling, we can bring on that power to start battering at defences when they start getting tired. Um, you know, and then, yeah, when we went down to 10, we looked better. We looked like we wanted more of the ball. Sanderson was brilliant. You know, yeah. Great ball playing defender, I think. And his pace is going to really help us out. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah. I, I, I think he was the you know, the the one real positive positive out of the game. He just looks assured. He just just he just looks a player. So hopefully, you know, that continues. But I think with Anike my only my only concern with him is he's actually had quite a few chances. And now, you know not to say like not to say other players haven't because they have, but he's been brought in to score goals. And the one I don't know it's only one shot, but he sort of broke down on the right-hand side, edge of the box. And he's, and I mean, it, it, to say it was a scuff is, is being generous. It, it, it was like he, you know, he hadn't played before. And I don't know, I'm probably being a bit harsh, but, and, and you know, I think that he has made an impact. So I think I'm with you, Cole. If, if he's going to be the impact guy, so if he's going to be the Duke, he's going to be the Deany. He just needs to be on the pitch doing that rather yeah. than having two and then not Hogan or two doing that and then Hogan. But, you know, the, the goal that Hogan scored against um, against Derby, I don't think any of other strikers are scoring that. No, no, I agree. And, and, and that's the difference. And the problem we've got, and I know you look at the stats and it does my head in, to be honest, certainly against Peterborough, we... All of our, we, we were just so one-dimensional. So it was, we weren't necessarily getting to the byline. We were wide and whipping balls in. So Dini had that free header, which he should have done better with. But it's just a cross, like, from way, way deep. Whip, sort of not even really whipped in. It's penalty spot, header. And there were so many occasions where we were whipping balls in. But there wasn't really that interchange on the edge of the box and we were getting shots off. 
I just don't I don't think we created that much against Peterborough. I don't, you know, yeah. where I'm thinking we should have done better here or we should have done better there. Against Fulham, yeah, and the keepers had a great game. So but I'm I've gone through I think my <clears throat> indifference for Hogan um last season. Um and he turned a corner and, and ever since then you get to a point where and I think we've all said it we have nobody else like him in the squad. And if he's your top scorer, you've got to just say, well, some of the best goal scorers ever um, have done absolutely dick all for 90 minutes other than touch the ball twice and get two goals. And he's exactly that player. And so I think we've just got to get out the mentality of he doesn't do anything or he doesn't look like he's going to do anything because he only needs one bit of inspiration and he'll, he'll score us a goal. That's what Lukaku um, did against Villa. He had two main touches and scored two goals. Yeah. You know, he yeah. did bugger all the rest of the game and scored two and they won 3-0. So it's exactly that. And like you say, he's no one else in our in our front three, four, whichever one you want to play, is scoring his the opener. No way. Not happening. No. So so yeah, and and I'm just gonna Tom probably throw you a hospital pass here. Um <laughs> Jeannie, um Do you think there's been? Do you reckon there's maybe a bit of a power struggle? Do you think maybe there's a bit of a, you know, everything was rose in the garden. Dean was the, as in Harley Dean was the notable captain. He was obvious leader. He was playing out of his skin. All of a sudden, Troy comes in and he's like, he, you know, he is a leader. There's no in two ways about that. Do you reckon there's anything negative going on, or do you just think it's coincidence? I'm on at the moment. I'm going to put it down to coincidence uh, for now. However, if we seem to see if if we see any any signs of a power struggle going forward from here, then it's clearly not a coincidence. But for me, um, Dean Dean was like the other defenders. He didn't really do much at all in the Peterborough game, like everybody else. No one did. Whereas Deeney, he just he didn't look confident. From minute one, which is weird because Deeney seems to be, you know, that character that oozes confidence. But I looked at him before we'd even kicked off and, you know, all the other players look fairly raring to go. He's just very, um, you know, you never know, you might call it a game face. Um, but he just looked quite nervous from, yeah. from the outside looking in. He might not be that way. That might just be, you know, him preparing himself. Um but he, he did seem nervous in front of goal. And obviously, like you say, he had that free header that he should have done better with. It, you know, if that falls to Duke, it might be a goal. You don't know. Um, his, his height, you know, his press is certainly there. The work rate is certainly there. Dini was putting himself about where he could. Um, his hold-up play and sort of linking up in a given go is quite good. Um, however, do we did that so many times that Peterborough just caught onto it and we kept losing the ball every time we tried it. Deeney backs into his man, tries to pass to somebody either side of him who's who's the runner, you know, that third man runner. Um, but Peterborough caught on very, very quickly and we couldn't do it anymore. So that's another attacking option just wiped out sort of out of the way. Duke can't do that. What Duke can do is rather than hold up the ball and play the ball to the third man, um, he holds up the ball and wins a foul. And yeah. 
we'll get a set piece instead, which yeah. for Blues tends to be a positive because we are good at set pieces. And if you're going to play Duke and Dini, you'd probably rather win set pieces, to be honest. Mm. Um, and we did like that pace. I feel like Chong was the only pace going forward. But yet again, Chong really didn't get much protection from the referee, got battered by Peterborough. Um, was I that surprised? No. Because um, for some reason, as soon as as soon as soon a manager mentions about a player needing protection, the opposite seems to occur every single time and it just gets yeah. worse instead of getting better. Um, so, yeah, and I agree with you in the sense that Chong didn't really know where to put himself. You know, one minute he's on the wing because nobody's there. Next minute he's at number 10. But naturally he was supposed to be at number 10, but he's trying to cover for other people who aren't doing their job. Yeah. And it, right now I am just going to continue with that sort of fatigue route and everyone was just tired. Um, but that won't <laughs> that won't mm. stand again against Preston. If we play like that against Preston, my words will be a lot harsher on this podcast than they have been um, about this Peterborough performance. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think we'll do that because realistically, this is our first bad performance under Boya. And that is the way I'm trying to think about it. It's just, you know, it's one performance. Every other game, even the ones we lost, we still played well, except this one. So it's just a yeah. bit, I hope. And, and I, you know, I think you're right. And it's, um, you know, watching social media melt again. Just because we've played poorly, it's, I mean, God, how many games have they watched? I mean, it's, it's like, I, I mean, yeah, it was surprising. Was it beyond the pale? No, because I've seen it all before. Um, and that's not just a Blues thing. That's just a team that is still learning. It's still new. As I said, probably started to believe the hype a little bit. Probably were a little bit tired. Probably were lots and lots of things. But I just don't think that, you know, you can just say that this is going to be the, the backdrop forever because it isn't. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I agree with you, Tom. Maybe not just one, but maybe two more like that. And all of a sudden you're into, do you change the system? You know, is are the defence still shit that we've been saying for the last two years? <laughs> um, Sarkic has got to go, you know, having been like, you know, the best keeper since, you know, David Seaman in the blue shirt. I mean, it's literally it, the flip reverse has happened in one game. So I'm not going to do that, but um, I, I do think that they just need to be just a little bit more pragmatic, just to, just just to start off with and earn the right a little bit and play a little bit more football. And it's really important that Woods just gets on the ball early, little two and three yard passes. I think Sanderson's going to make a big difference because I think he'll be inclined to get him into the game. Um, you take Roberts out of it, we miss the long throw. Is that the end of the world? It probably isn't the end of the world. You know, it. it it, it's if that's the only reason he gets in the side, then you know that's a bit of a poor show. Um, not to say that it's not effective, and it's just really, really difficult. You can it's like going in a rabbit hole, you know, it's like change everything, change nothing. <laughs> and I just don't know. I do yeah. know that Hogan plays, I know that, yeah. and and, mm-hmm. I, and I think you know, Deeney has to start, and I know that's harsh on Juki, but at the end of the day. You've just got to look purely on stats. 
and Dean has been a Prem player for years and years and years and years. He's done it. He's definitely done it in the Championship. Hogan is by far our best goal scorer. Sunjic and Woods are the best two midfield combo we've had for a long, long, long time. Uh, and try in front of him if he could just have that. I think he just needs that support where he knows what's in front and what's behind so he can do his job. Then I don't, again, I, I, I'm not going to get too deflated about it. But um, yeah, I, I think that was definitely welcome to Blues Lee Bowyer, unfortunately. Yeah. Because don't even start to think that we got it cracked. And I don't think he does, but he certainly doesn't think that now. Because that performance came from literally nowhere. Um, but we go again. Um, and, you know, I think with Preston, it's probably not the worst worst side to, to maybe try and find our form a little bit. Uh, you know, they're, you know they're, they're an average championship team. I don't think they'll go down. They're certainly not going to go up. Um, so, Carl, thoughts on, do you think they'll be wholesale? changes do you think it'll be a big difference or do you just think it'll be right guys probably scratch the last two performances and and, and go again I don't think it'll be wholesale changes I would be shocked if Sanderson doesn't come in for Robbo to be honest with you you know he, he has had two poor games you know and fair play to him for coming up and holding up his hands after the Fulham game you know yeah. and that was you know fairly uh fairly brave of him considering what Blues fans are like on social media to players who don't play well um or just in general um, I think Sanderson has to come in. I think he, he you know, he played half a foot, half a game with with that team and just looked phenomenal. Yeah, I would bring back Sunjic. Um, I would, I would actually possibly, I would probably stick McGree at left wing back to be honest with you because he did yeah. that last season when he played there for a game and he was fantastic awesome. there. Awesome. You know, it's you've you've got to, you know, you've got to change it up at some time. You've got to have players that can fit all your system that you want to play. So. Give it a go. Give you know players like Bella the chance to maybe come on and make an impact later on if he needs to. Yeah, I think one of Chong's issues as well in the Peterborough game, and I mentioned, I think he struggled because he didn't have the pace of Hogan as well, because yeah. he he uses Hogan quite a lot to play off and go, and and I think he missed him. So I agree. I think Hogan has to start. I would probably agree. I'd probably start Dini over Duke, um, just based on the experience, you know, and also. It's the one lineup we we've not tried those two together yet, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see there being, you know, I don't I don't think we'll be changing the whole starting eleven just yet. I also think that Sarkic should be playing for as long as necessary. To be honest, I mean, Etheridge plays is um, playing for the twenty threes again tonight, um, so that's more game time on his way back. But I think I don't think Sarkic could he have done better with their first goal, maybe. But I think out of all the goals we've conceded this season. I don't think he's done. There's nothing he could really have done about any of them. No, to all. be honest, mate, I was. I think I said it on the last spot. I think it was. I'm, literally, jury was out for me, big time. He, even after a really solid start, I just thought he's got a rick in him more so than you know probably any other of the other options that we've got. Absolutely proved wrong, and I've got you right. I don't think he was. Yeah, maybe that first goal, that probably communication, but you're going to, you know, and I'm with you, Tom, you know, if Dean, Dean's got half a chance of looking like a hero, then he's going to take it. But it's just stand up, just to keep standing. You know, he's, he spends more time on his arse than he does on his feet. And that is centre half. That is not a great and not a great trait. Um, but again, I'm not going to 
Dean's been very, very good, you know, so uh, I haven't been his biggest fan. I think everybody knows that, and I'm not going to start jumping all over him now, but just don't want this to cascade back to bad um, moments in the past. And, yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of that. It was actually the Fulham game. I know it was, it was a Bournemouth game when we went 1-0 down and then we, we conceded, I think, from a corner. And we just gave up. It was, just, it was like Karanka all over again. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a big task for for Boya because Tommy made the point. A lot of this side is the same. And you don't, you know, you go, you, you always default. You always, you know, you've got a level as a player, your sort of your consistent level. And I think over two or three seasons, the consistent level of Roberts, Harley Dean, maybe not Pedersen so much, but there's an element of that where there's a bit of quit in the locker, there's a little bit of rash challenges that ultimately, but like Gardner, you know, he's no hero for doing that, uh, albeit ironically we play better. But, but that being said, I, I just think there's a, there is a, a bit of a repair job to do. And, and Carl, you, I think Sanderson's got to come in just to freshen it up. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, that, as Bowie says, and he says on a number of occasions, it's a squad game and it is. So, you know, you've got to have your courage, your conviction there. Um, and personally, I would go with, with Deeney, as I said, but if he didn't put him in and put Juki, I wouldn't be asked either way. Wouldn't be asked either way because, you know, it's still early days for Deeney and he's got to come in and have that. I think he needs that statement game where he's saying, right, this is it. This is why I've come in. Um, and I'm sure we'll have that. It's just a matter of when. I hope it's against. I hope it's against Preston. Um, so, Tom, wh- wh- where do you think? I mean, predictions are going to be interesting for this one. So, what what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I'd like to think you know, uh, Lee Bowyer's Blues is different. We've all seen it. It's it's a different different squad to what we've had in recent years, and I think that's hopefully going to shine through. Personally, seeing what type of man Bowyer is. I don't think we'll see many changes at all. I actually think you'll go back to the uh, lineup we had against Fulham and uh, Derby as a show of faith, nothing yeah. more. Um, and also a bit of a a bit of a last chance for certain players who have underperformed in the last couple of games. Yeah. And if they underperform again, then you might see the likes of Sanderson and uh, and Deeney more often. Um, but no, I do think we'll go back to. Um, the lineup we had before we made the two changes at Peterborough, um, Sundjic and Hogan back in, Duke staying in as well, and so with so is Roberts. I think they'll both stay in, um, because Boya does seem to like to give players fair chances, and I I think Preston, like you said, it's a, probably actually a good side to play if we're going to bounce back. Um, however, our uh, our record in recent years against Preston isn't fantastic. It's Always not, say that. It's, I think it's because we've been so shit against everybody. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Our record, our head's head against them is shocking. It, it is. It really is. I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I think we can all remember when uh, Daniel Johnson scored and decided to shush the entire stadium oh. and uh, multiple <laughs> things were thrown at him, deservedly so. Um, 
because you know he's he's a villa bastard at the end of the day <laughs> um so yeah no uh, but obviously we can all look back fondly to when we beat him three nil at home and michael keefton bell scored from the halfway line oh, yeah. Yeah. so um yeah Hopefully a performance like that. And yeah, if Dini does play, this could be a great game for him to really assert himself. Um, but I also think it'd be a good game for Hogan to prove why he's the top goal scorer at this club right now. Um, and I hope he does. Um, so for prediction wise, I'm gonna go, I'm I'm gonna go three nil blues. There we are. I uh, two probably too positive, but I take a one nil. I'd say you are it's it's <laughs> 7-1 on aggregate in the last two and we're going to win 3-0. It's absolute genius. Uh, Carl, <laughs> I'm going to go... What, what do you think? And uh, let, Let's bring back the uh, trademark dream pick. I think that's well, that's well overdue. I think that's why we have lost, to be fair, over the last two no, games. Agreed. That's disappeared. Yeah, it's, it's for the manager's notes, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you watched this specifically for that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, of course, Preston play midweek. They play uh, in the EFL Cup, I think, tomorrow. So we can't use tiredness as an excuse this week if we get back at three or four. Um, but they are only playing Cheltenham. So, yeah. Um, I reckon we're going to... I reckon it will be quite close. I think we'll win 2-1. Um, I'm going to go from McGree at left wing back as my dream pick. That's what I'm going to go for. Would. That's what I'm going to go to pump for. Um, but yeah, I think I think Hogan do need to score. Um, and knowing our luck, probably, I know, probably Johnson will score for Preston or they'll score off someone's arse or something like that in the 90th minute just to make it difficult for us in the stands. Sean Maguire likes a goal against Blues. That would yeah, surprise me. It'd be something like that with his arse or his elbow or something. Uh, Tom, I, I I will allow, allow a dream pick. So, who, who would yours be? Uh, my dream pick is going to be Etheridge up top. Um, you know, bringing the goals. Now, um, I th- interesting, interesting. Um, I, I as much as I would like to see Sanderson, because I do, I do want to see Sanderson involved. My dream pick would actually be to see Anike start. And although that's not the sort of player he is, granted, he really isn't that sort of starting player. He's always been better as a substitute. We've not actually seen him start a game in this proper full sort of full strength team. You know, we've seen him start in the cup uh, in a very weak young side. But I'd like to see what Anike could offer in, you know, a full strength team. Um, from the start of a from the start of a match, whatever position that may be, he plays in. Um, and if he doesn't offer nothing, then at least we've tried it and seen it. Because I, I feel like I can't judge a player properly until I've seen them properly in every role that they can sort of play. So no, I, I'd be curious to see Anika, especially after <laughs> his expected goals is like three. It's something mad. It's like three point two three, something like that. And a lot of his chances he creates by himself. All the other strikers in the championship are nowhere near Anike's expected goals because he just is that good at creating those chances. He just can't seem to score. So hopefully that changes, but I would like to see him start at some point just to see how he gets on. Nothing in particular, um, but that would be it, just out of curiosity. Okay, I mean, I, I, I think he's had an impact every time I've seen him play and he brings yeah. some energy and positivity to, to what we are. I just think he's got a bit of Lecco going on when it comes to finishing. Yes. And I hope, I hope, <laughs> he's already know, scored that, a goal in the league, he's beaten that. 
Oh, yeah, so it, it wasn't exactly top bins from 35, <laughs> wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I that's my only worry. But, yeah, I, I, I would, it, w- it wouldn't be mine. I want to see him on the pitch because I do like him. He's, I hate to call him proper old school blues. You know, I've seen plenty like an EK over the years and, they, you know, he's just, just good fun. Um, <laughs> I would go for Sanderson because I think that our defence... Um, they need it. They need it. Um, Even someone like Mitch Roberts, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Mitch Roberts involved in the. Uh, the yeah, side. yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a few. I mean, you look at the bench, and it, it's, you know, gone are the days where you sort of think, well, yeah, just never in a million years are they getting on, mm-hmm. um, or if they do, they're going to do absolutely nothing. So, um, I, I, again, I'm not going to nick your pick, Carl, but I, you know, I've always been a big fan of McGree, and. I, just does it simple. Just does it simple, and uh, you know at that sort of defensive role, he's not shy either, and he's got a little bit more just physicality about him. But uh, no, I think for me, a bit of a bit of a change at the back. Oh God, you, you, go on. I completely forgot Jordan Graham. Where is Jordan Graham gone? He was unreal in pre-season. I know he had a little injury, but he needs to be in this squad. Like I know positional-wise, it's not great because he's personally said he's not great at wing back right so we could always try it it didn't look great in the cup but I'd like to see him at that number 10 role whether even if he came on as a sub to replace Chong just to protect Chong make sure he doesn't get injured anything crazy like that but I think Jordan Graham needs to make his league appearance or just league debut because I don't think he's actually made his league debut yet no he's the if he does go to a 4-4-2 he can't be a million miles away for me yeah um yeah, I think it's just a no-brainer, and I think it was against. I think it was against Cheltenham. It was against it was, Cheltenham. Yeah, he was unreal. He was absolutely he the like the world stood still when the ball was his feet, and I thought, my God, who's this guy? And then he played in the cup, and he was shocking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so who knows? Um, so before before we, um, my, my prediction for the game, I think we'll win one nil. I think it'll be tight. I think I think we are going to be going back to basics. I think we'll nick it. Uh, I will go, yeah, very boring and Scott Hogan, but I just think that he's the one that's the the banker at the moment, um, and I just hope he's not injured. But I don't understand if somebody's injured why they're on the bench. So, which happened last week? So who knows? Um, uh, before we go, and not wishing to end it on a sour note, but at the end of the day, this isn't just about football. It's about our club, and our club, um, you know, means everything to us. I've been going for as long as I care to remember. Um, and I have to say, one of the things that I've prided my time at Blues and, and always have and cherished is that, you know, we are a fully inclusive club. Um, some of the players that I've seen over the years have come in all shapes and sizes, all from all backgrounds. And, you know, whether that be on the shirt, on, on the pitch wearing, wearing the shirt or supporting the, the team in the crowd, then for me, you know, we are all the same. And to hear what we've heard in the news this week and actually watch that that sort of transpire on the TV, um, yeah, just just sickening, really. I, I don't, I don't really, I can't really put it into words because I just, I can't even imagine sitting with Blues fans where that type of just vile, retarded abuse comes out of anybody's mouth I just I'm disgusted 
I hope they never ever darken our doors again and they go somewhere else. And I hope, you know, if it is, you know, at the moment, probably allegations, but if they are true, then I think we all just need to get behind the club, give them all our support. And these guys, they're, they're, there are no, there is no place for them in our club or anywhere near our club. And um, it was gutting. And do you know what? I was probably more pissed off about that than I was about the performance. And given how shit we were, that says a lot. Um, so, yeah, whether you want to add anything, guys, but I just think, you know, we are a, we're a Blues Plot podcast and, you know, it's a, a long, long road, as they say. And, you know, we can't ignore just if somebody's trying to bring our club down. I yeah. think, you know, certainly from my point of view, I'm just I'm absolutely fucking disgusted in it. I don't think nail on the head, really. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, Tom. You probably did. One of my um, Blue Nose mates was at the game, and he was racially abused by Blues fans as well um, at half time um, by the toilet. So much so that he was that short point. He actually left the game, um, which I didn't know until I got home, uh, and I was absolutely gutted and livid for him. He was actually shocked. And to be fair, the Blue Nose community on Facebook, Twitter, the lot has rallied around him. People have been in touch with him. You know, he, it's been phenomenal. But there's no place in, well, in any walk of life for people like this. Obviously, the, the allegations that, that the the fans who um, obviously have abused the player are allegations. We don't know. And we'll obviously mm. wait to see what the club says and what, what comes out of that. But you're absolutely right, John. If, if it's proven, if it's true. No, you've got no right being in my way in any walk of life, but least of all at our club. Our club has always been inclusive and I've always been proud of never hearing anything. You know, I've always said, oh, Blues were not like that. You know, I've never heard anything like that at Blues ever, you know. Oh, yeah. and never. It's it genuinely, I was gutted. I was angry. I felt sick, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I mean, I mean, Tom, I see you at most games, it feels like nowadays. Which um, is every game at this yeah, point, right? <laughs> an event you had your missus pointed me out. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, but I've never been nervous about going to a Blues game or anything like that. And I actually feel a bit sick thinking about going to the game this weekend because, you know, you just one of my friends had to go through that and it was horrible to, to hear him talk about it, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, if, 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 you, if it is you, we don't want you in our club. Kindly off your fuck. Yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. I, I, I second you guys. I, you should never hear it anywhere, let alone at a football club. So uh, hopefully it's never, you know, racism is nowhere near Blues ever again. Um, if those allegations are true, um, because it shouldn't be in sport in the first place, but I mostly I care about Blues and I wouldn't want to see it anywhere near Blues let alone in the world in general, but especially not Blues. So hopefully we we don't hear anything like this again for ever, if, yeah. if ever. So, yeah, hopefully uh, this is the last of it. Um, but if, if you do come to games just to say those sort of things, don't bother, just go away, be gone. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we just never hear it at Blues ever again. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I, I've never heard it before and I've been, like I said, I've been going for a long, long time and that's why certainly I was incredibly shocked. I just didn't think that was that was us and I know that it isn't. Um, it would be very, very, you know, if it is true, hardly any people, but uh, let's out them, let's shame them and uh, expose them for the, the sad little people that they are. But anyway, um, we move on. Uh, let, let's hope Preston is uh, back to the... 
the Blues team that we all uh, know and love over certainly the back end of the last season, the beginning of this, and we can get the uh, well, let's just say the promotion train back on track. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, but but for now, Carl, thanks a lot, mate. Good to see you yeah, again. Yeah, you too, mate. Always a pleasure. Indeed, uh, and Tom. Uh, you, you didn't you didn't sort of get the KFC out, but I did see you having a. I think that was a chippy, wasn't it, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll try and get through the uh, the takeaway sort of uh, the different cuisines over the coming weeks. So we'll. we'll uh, that I'll, I'll start presenting it at the start of every well, podcast. Well, your dream pick is just going to be what type of takeaway you're having. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see where we are for the next one. But uh, yeah, mate, thanks for your uh, thanks for your thoughts tonight. No worries. Cheers. Right, well, that's it. Uh, we move on. And, uh, yeah, I think better times ahead. So uh, we'll wrap that up but, uh, between now and then. Uh, keep right on and please, as ever, stay safe. Sports Social Podcast Network. There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.